What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. I have a very exotic and special guest <laughs> on my show today. I would like to say a few things about him, do a little intro. There are uh, there are very few people who I admire to the extent that I admire this person. He's uh, one of the most phenomenal and kind-hearted human beings I know and uh, would take the shirt off his back if you were cold and give it to you just uh, always uh, positive and uh, what a, a talented uh, musician also very um, very uh, supportive of anything that you can think of to do and it's an honor to have him on my show, and I'd like to welcome Johnny Soto to the show. What's up, bro? Man? Dude, what a what well, a fantastic uh, intro for someone that does not deserve it. <laughs> I love you, Doug. I love you. I'm Ooh. glad you're here. I'm glad dude, you're thanks here. Thanks for having me, man. How you Excellent. been? I know Excellent. we just talked for like 20 minutes before this, but no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. How can you not? You know, you gotta you gotta catch up. It's, I'm doing excellent, bro. Thank you for having me. I, I gotta tell you, I, I didn't say this to you before, but I'm very, I'm very proud. Of, uh, of who you are right now as a person. You know, I'm glad that you and I have been able to, to stay friends and that you're moving on with some positivity in your life and congratulations on your new home. Uh, thanks, man. I'm yeah. very, very happy for you. You know, you're crushing it right now as far as I'm concerned. You should keep going. You're thanks, bro. You appreciate it. You're doing great. I'm trying. Actually, before we get rolling, I'm curious. I'm trying to think the first time we met. I don't even... There's some people like uh, you know, know. I'm close with. I have no idea. Like Pisces, one of them. It's funny. It, well, you know why? It's because we spend all that time together, and eventually, like it just rolls into one little just blares, thing. right? Snowballs. That's funny. Man. I feel like I I've known of you for a long time, but I think when we actually met, it was probably the hangar. All right. You and I had actually. Because we had made introductions at some point, but I think when you and I first actually started talking was the hangar. And, man, what a good place to meet. Yeah, the hangar. What, what better place, right? Oh, if nobody knows about what we're talking about, the hangar is a, a bar and. Uh, not, is it a bar and grill or a bar and arcade? What, what would you call it? Oh, like a pub, you know. Or, like a pub. Yeah, wings is the focus, you know. Cheap drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like I've I've been to, I remember I went to D.C. to go visit my brother. We we had just happened to have the same sort of schedules where we could meet up, and so I said, uh, "Do you want to meet up?" And he he paid for my lunch and my drinks, whatever, and it came out to like eighty <laughs> something dollars, and I only got like one drink. Yeah, the big cities, man, they it's just rock crazy. you. Yeah, it's, it's serious. insane. But yeah, I think that's that's probably where we met. Yeah, that makes sense. Too, you know, over wings. What what better place? Naturally, naturally. Right, right on, dude. Their food is so fantastic, bro. Yeah, but like I say, like three four sessions of hangar, you gain solid ten oh, pounds. Yeah, start sure. hitting life. Oh. you know, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but, you know, when uh, we went there, I think I think it was like for a convention or something like that. It just happened to be in town, but every. Day after the convention, that's where we went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. The that's funny you say that. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure I saw you like twice or something like that. I don't remember, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I remember asking people like, "Where'd you go last night?" Oh, back to the hangar. Like, <laughs> it's right there. 
Why not, man? So, besides the house, what's what's new in your life? Man, uh... You came to my show the other night. That yeah. was fantastic. You know, just like every year, I make it a goal to travel somewhere new. So, recently, yes. just, just came back from Asia and trying to learn a little bit more about this, this beautiful world. But, uh... Incredible photos. Yeah, I'm not... Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, as far as like the daily grind, it's pretty, pretty consistent. So nothing crazy has changed. But Good. yeah, man, got to see you the other day. Play was awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, you guys are getting better and better. You think so? Yeah. How long have you been a band now? Eight years. Really? So I know with some changes though, right? With the yeah, current, with some current lineup. Yeah. What um, are we looking at? So, do you want me to start from the beginning? Yeah, why not? So, Corey Reynolds and myself, Corey's been on the podcast. Corey's been a friend of mine for a long time. We met probably 2011, 2012. We became friends, and I was only 17 at the time. So, we started the band, me and him and another friend of mine, George Cotties, and uh, we had played for uh, a few years. I'd say within the last two, three years, we've had a change in the lineup. Uh, eventually, Solomon came in, and we had, we had a few practices together, so it was the four of us. So it was towards the end where Corey had adopted some children, and George was going to pursue another project called The Great Decay with Dustin and uh, Todd. And so they had started their little band, which, in hindsight, was the best thing that could ever happen. Because now we play shows together all the time. Mm. And we're so close as a band. And especially this past show where we got to play with them, there's something about, and I think you can agree with me on this as well, there's something about playing with people that you know on the same bill, same night, the energy just kicks up to like two million. Mm, yeah, dude. And that that was one of those nights. So anyway, fast back to what I was saying. So Sully comes in, we do practices, and Corey ends up uh, adopting some children from foster care. So now he's got like five, six kids. So he kind of had to step away, and George was going to put all his energy into his project which you know I'm super glad that he did and uh, Sully who was living with me at the time I kind of approached him and chatted with him about keeping things going so I said why don't we just start doing some acoustic stuff and we did and then we ended up doing a show in probably 2000. 16, I'd say. I think it was around that time. I'm a little hazy because there's so much history. <laughs> yeah. So, we get to this show, and it's in Templeton, Massachusetts. And so we do our show. It was abysmal, to say the <laughs> least. Because, you know, with two people who have you know, jobs all the time. It just, we barely got time to practice, so, but whatever, we did our thing. And, uh, and then this band came up after us, and it was a band called Part-Time Astronauts. And they, 
absolutely blew it out of the water. And we noticed the drummer especially. So right after the show, we went right up to him and started talking, you know, shooting the breeze, whatever, and just telling him how great he did. He told us how great we did for some reason. And <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> fast forward a few years later, we run into him again at another show, and I mentioned to him at the time, I said, you know, we should jam sometime. We should hang out. And we were so excited to see each other, and we kept in contact, and before you know it, now we're in 2020, and we've had a band for almost three years now, a three-piece. Uh, did I miss something? So the so, the band part time astronauts. Yeah. They. They end up splitting up. And you got. At some point. We had. Uh, someone we, from that band. We right? had a drummer for a while. Um, it was a friend of ours from Connecticut. And. Uh, was he the one that would play with like glowy sticks? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I went were, to one of the shows. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, Jordan Miller, who was uh, who was a friend of ours, and he was our drummer for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had him and then somebody came in a few, uh, probably about, uh, I'd say a few months after we kind of all parted ways. Um, and then now Subby's been in the band for two and a half years now. Wow. So just, I think I saw the tail end of your previous drummer and then. Yes. That's kind of where I started seeing you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing you guys play with the current lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool to see like this whole almost three years now yeah. of when you first started. And, you know, it was it's cool to hear people's their own music, you know, because everyone could do covers. But For sure. But like to hear your stuff. And at first it's like, oh, that's that's great. But like every show gets tighter and tighter till the last oh, last week. Yeah. Just watching everyone play was like really tight, you know. Yeah, man. It's. I appreciate that. There's something about it where, you know, like I said, the energy, I think, was just very high. And everyone was ready to go and ready to play. Because the week, a couple weeks before, we ate it. It was terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. But they, thankfully, there was only a few people there to see it. So <laughs> it wasn't so bad. You know, dude, but I got to say, my one thing, it wasn't with you guys. And it's been happening a lot of shows that are smaller. Mm-hmm. Is the sound guys love to crank it. Mm-hmm. And they think you're, they're doing you a favor, but it's like, it was it was a little loud. Was it? And people were like, a little bit piercing. Yeah. And I wanted to go over there and be like, man, just tone it down a little bit, you know, because like, right. they're playing really well, and you're not giving them like, just, you know, just cause here. Like, just tone it down a little bit. Right. And I, I've been to like, three or four where like, everyone's playing great, and it's just like, I think people think louder's better, you know? Right. And, um... I don't know. Have you been seeing that, or is that just yeah? Oh, for sure. No, hundred percent. Some guys. I don't know. I think they're going deaf. I think they're, that's half the they issue. They are a big part of the show, and if it's not right and you can't hear it, <laughs> nobody is going to enjoy it. I mean, I didn't play out a ton, but whenever we did, we kissed that sound guy's booty. Then. Oh yeah. You gotta give him free oh, drinks. Yeah. You, you give Please. him all the compliments in the world, and still, you would. It'd be fifty-fifty. You know? It would be <laughs> because they can make or break the set. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I gotta tell you, bro. I, you know, I've had the, uh, I've had the pleasure of, of doing a show with you, and you are so talented. Oh man, thanks. I, uh, you're a good so guy. <laughs> you know, I haven't played in so long that um, 
I appreciate it, but it just feels like, like I, I don't know. I, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and I think you got to keep at it, which is why I give people like yourself credit because, you know, two, two, three years with the same people, it's not fun all the time. You know, it's work. It gets yeah. to be work, and yeah. And um, I do have to say, it's definitely missing in my life. Like, you know, whenever work gets heavy and you, you don't touch anything, any instruments, right? Like, I think all of us that have this passion, it, it's always in the back of our head, like. Oh man, I gotta pick that up again. Yeah, so I mean, it was a really cool opportunity. I appreciate you. Uh, oh, it, let me it, dabble, but it was great. I mean, and for uh, it was funny because Abram did the podcast a while ago, uh, and we were talking about that same night, and it was like, uh, oh, it was two different nights, but like he's he was there when you played, and he he was very complimentary because he's a solo acoustic artist himself. Mm. And, uh, he's got really cool stuff, man. Really yeah. unique. He's very talented. Yeah. And very privileged to be a good friend of his and to, he'll let me know, like, when stuff's coming out and stuff like that. And he'll ask my, my opinion for some reason, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's course. like, uh, yeah, it, there's something about the acoustic shows and the openers and stuff like that, that just, it hypes me up more. Oh, speaking of which, man, Cornelius, what the heck? Wow. Unreal, man! Uh, Unreal. All the songs he played, but the one that jived with me because I just love uh, Chris Cornell. You know, the yeah, dude. rest in peace, man. But like, he nailed that. That's a commitment. <laughs> that yeah. is a commitment to play and sing like that. Yeah, is man. Very. T- I pulled him aside. I said, you know, you did great. There's nothing else to it. You just killed it. And he was like, Yeah, oh, thanks, man. I love your voice." But there's some times where I just don't think I'm doing enough or my voice sounds kind of corny. I says, let me tell you something, bro. <laughs> Nobody in this room thinks that but you. Yeah, I guess we're always our, our worst critic. But we, yeah. and he, he, everyone did great that But like you said, yeah, it was it was cool to have an opener like that. Yeah. I saw Sully and because uh, <laughs> he was sitting up front at that point when uh, Neil started playing Prince. Mm. And Sully like put wipes his face. And I was like, is Sully crying? <laughs> I asked him later, I said, were you crying? He's like, no, I really had something in my eye. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, never know, dude. dude. I, you never that know. That guy's passion for Prince is next level. Oh, he loves him. It's dude, been... so when did you find yourself, like, growing up, was there a moment where you are like, man, music is, is special? Like, was there, like, a thing, or did it just kind of follow, like, you, like maybe you had, like, uh, I don't know, some sort of gift. Like, I see, like, this strat next to us. Yeah, my, uh, my Jay Turner strat. Like, did someone give that to you? Or, you know, you, you purchased it, right? It was, I I remember the day I walked in and I bought that. So my first guitar, that wasn't actually my first guitar. The first guitar I ever bought, I was 11 years old. And I had worked, like, day after day doing yard work for different people that I knew just to make the money to buy it. And so, but then eventually it was like, all right, what's the next thing? I need, I want something that's amped and that can be played. So the same thing again, my dad and I actually walked into the guitar shop and he bought me, uh, I paid for the amplifier, but he paid for the guitar. Oh, nice. So that, that was pretty incredible. And from that moment on, I never put it down. So like, up, so like, let's go back before that though. Like, was there... Like, what got you into it? Like, what, what made you want to... Music? Yeah. Well, 
I had always played something, like I had always listened to uh, classical music. At first, I listened to like soundtracks to to stuff like like Star Wars or, or different you know motion picture soundtracks that were done by composers like John Williams or Hans Zimmerman or it's like they those guys made the movies pop and it's like that's how I connected to my love for music and so but then later in life my dad would always be playing the rock station mm. like Led Zeppelin would be on or ACDC and it's just like there was always that crunch and that like kick down your door rock and roll that pushed me and I was like that's what I want to do that's what I want to learn how to do is play especially with like Van Halen solos or you know anything that was heard loud that you could connect with that's what I wanted to do so <clears throat> I am self-taught I've never I've never taken a lesson for guitar in my life not one and from that moment on it was like the confidence of learning how to do more and more like learn how to do uh, different notes or uh, different chord placements or, or whatever anything that was the next level is what I was going for mm. so but I was just hyped to, to figure things out and how to play an instrument and how to play it decent like I would just practice all the time so from that point on, I had started playing a little bit of everything. Like, we always had a piano in the house. Uh, even in my little trailer, there was a grand piano in that house. And I was always playing around with that thing. So, I play that. So, I did some piano. Then I moved on to drums. Drums led to, you know, years later, I'm talking, led to the beginning of Signals Over the Air. And I was the drummer in my band before anything else. I oh, really? Yeah, I had never written any songs. Oh, no. I had written songs, but not for Soda. Hmm. And then eventually, I started writing Turn Off the Streetlights. And that was just one of the biggest songs to kind of start the train rolling on what Soda was going to be. And this was even after years of playing in the basement at Corey's house. So... I think definitely finding new paths of playing was a big influence for me. And especially guys who had, like, played by ear was a big influence for me. Paul McCartney. Mm. Dave Grohl. Yeah, because it's cool because it's almost like you have, you don't have to sit in this classroom. There's a, there's a way to do it, you know, outside of that. And you can just kind of sure. plow through and have fun. Because it's not fun singing front of a book and a teacher no I couldn't do it I'm not that focused I mean I wasn't back then for sure but what I would do is I would look up YouTube videos and just listen over and over and over again or sometimes I'd watch where their hand placements would go and then that's what I would do so so you had the whole YouTube to your advantage right oh for sure oh son of a gun I wish I had that yeah am I am I my old age, I look back, you know, because, like, when I started, I had to buy, like, VHS videos, dude. Wow. Flea was one of them. 
Flea. Flea yeah. and River Phoenix. That's the funniest video. If you, I should find that video. Yeah. They're just high out of their mind, and there's nothing taught. It should be like this bass lesson video, but it's nothing. He, it's so funny. Like, he... There are a lot of actors that have that talent that they can play music. And he and he was one of them. Like, he, even though he was stoned, it was like he, he knew how to play, and he knew how to connect with people. But uh, I should ask you that same question. When did you pick up the guitar for the first time? The guitar? I, did, I picked up the bass. But what happened there was... Um, Growing up in my house, we listened to, like, pop. Like, my parents were, like, pop and R&B. Yeah. And they're Hispanic, so, like, right. parties would be, like, salsa music. Yeah. So it, it never really, music was whatever for me. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, uh, I got a radio and, uh, you know, with a big old knob. And it was funny, like, you, like, would never go past a certain, like, uh, station. So our stations were, like, 93 to, like, 96. <laughs> you were sent to your room. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is in my room, so like oh, one day, yeah, so one yeah. day I'm like, let me crank this a little further. I went to 99.3, yeah, which over in our area is like back then was like hard rock. Nice. And I'm trying to think of the bands that would play. There was like a lot of new metal at the time. Mm-hmm. That was kind of popular. Yeah. And it for me it kind of bridged the gap because I'm like, oh, this is kind of like hip hop R&B, but with like super you know crazy heavy guitars. Right. So it was like super exciting. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I listening to? Um, like, I don't know, che- cheesy bands that started off, like Linkin Park, yeah. um, Limp Bizkit and stuff. Crazy. I remember, like, not falling in love with them, but, like, whoa, that's so aggressive. And then, yeah, um... it was different. Yeah, System of the Downs album yep. was out, um, uh, Toxicity, so, like, mm-hmm. that was just, what, like, yeah. man. And yeah. I just went down this rabbit hole of, of wanting to learn it. So my dad saw that I was just sitting there, like stuck to the radio, and he was like, "Oh, let's learn. Let's let's have you learn something." So he bought me a wow. bass, and I had no idea what a bass was. I didn't think that a bass belonged to the band. I'm like, "No, this is all heavy six string guitars. Yeah. Like, I want a, I want a guitar." So I remember taking lessons from a girl down the street. Yeah. And I brought in a Chevelle album, which is like super heavy drop yeah, A yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like, I don't think there's any bass in here. <laughs> <laughs> So she cranks the bass before, <laughs> yeah. She she cranks the bass before putting the CD in because she's like, let's see if there's any bass, and it's just ripping bass, dude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I just couldn't hear it. Yeah, you know, I didn't get what bass was. No, I know what you mean. So I ditched the bass, went for the six string. Yeah. And then years later, it's now my 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 favorite. Yeah. I think the bass is like, if you don't have that as a a solid backbone, I think your songwriting takes a hit. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. You know that's a really important instrument. I always talk to Sully about this because it's like he was never a bass player either. And now that he's the bass player in the band, like, I mean, we do switch off sometimes for, for different things because he'll we'll always love the guitar. That's his first baby. But uh, seeing him take over the bass and come up with different lines as a guitar player, like different, uh, like in the song Crushed that we played, mm-hmm. like the do 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 like that he came up with that whole thing himself and i think just having the knowledge of how to play guitar infinitely helps you how to play bass so it's like he took that knowledge from the guitar and those licks on the guitar and put it towards the playing of bass which is really phenomenal for him to do um so his approach would be like guitarists playing the bass you think or you know how some people come with that. Like when I, when I see George play, mm-hmm. 
the way he just goes at the bass. Oh, it's <laughs> it's funny to watch because he played guitar in my band. So that's why I, I could tell he probably came from that background first. Yeah, just exactly. the way he attacks it. But yeah, and it's the same with Sully, you think, or do you think? Yeah, I I think not for every song, but there are some songs where you could just tell, like he came from the guitar background, so he used that to his advantage in writing different songs. Mm. So, or different uh, licks for different songs. So, you know, it's it's actually incredible to watch and to see him work and, and how he'll come up with different things like that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What would you say, as far as songwriting, is it like a 50-50 split with you guys, or do you do, you do I, most of the writing? He's very... He's such a perfectionist, which, you know, it's like you can admire or hate that about somebody. But I write, I've written every song except for two of them. Okay, so, so that's majority. It's probably majority, yeah. Um, actually, I, I'm sorry, I lied. Sebastian has written two songs as well for the band. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's talented as well. He's also a keyboard player? Yeah, keyboard, uh, okay. guitar... Oh, see. We, we all play different instruments. Oh, we're done. It's incredible. And he's Sebastian is probably the most talented out of all of us because he could just play. I'm by far the most hand. No, I was kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. I so, have you guys ever done like a swap where you guys, the mute, where you play drums? I, it hasn't happened yet. You should do it, man. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I Believe me, I would love to. Like, that would be infinitely beyond. Sebastian kind of like. Me have the uh like those are his babies like the drums as far as that's concerned. i think he thinks the way i do which is i'm best at this it's like if you take he has the mentality of like if you've been doing it for this long and you're good at it out of all the other instruments then stick to it type of thing yeah but just for a song you know just for a song i would love to do yeah. it for sure oh man it'd be great it'd be cool to see you guys swap up yeah and it's funny i've been playing the drums for a long time which is like I, I would love to get behind there and do it again but um, who knows we'll see I, I never know where the band is going to go mm. and what's it's like what I mean we're recording right now so oh cool we have like basically everything done the only thing we don't have is uh, some of the bass for songs and one guitar track and vocals other than that we're good wow so I didn't realize that yeah it, it's it's going to be happening. And Sebastian also is very good at editing, too. He edited the last EP. Oh, I didn't realize he that. He produced it, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Very talented, very talented. Son of a gun. Yeah, we were fortunate to, to get him. And it's like... He's from up up in the hills, no? Yeah, he's in uh, Merrimack. Oh, dang. Yeah. So from here, from my house, it's only like an hour. So, not too bad. But from... Gardner, well, where, where was that show? Worcester, right? Southbridge. Southbridge. What's that? That was a hike. That was probably like two hours for him, two and a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, two and a half. Dang. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, but like you said, it's, it's such a commitment. You know, like, if you can put that aside and keep music in your life, and it's like, that's what you want to do. You want to keep it in your life. I mean, especially going down to Florida was <laughs> such a spur of the moment thing. That's a haul, dude. That was a haul. Like, we had talked about it and then instantly made the decision. We're going. Mm. And there was no way we weren't going. And 
very pleased that we did. What an experience. That's awesome, man. You know, it's funny. People get, like, sometimes jealous of others and their quote-unquote talents, but, mm-hmm. like, no one ever sees the countless hours that person put in, whether it's art or anything, you know? Yeah. And with the band especially, like, all the hours, and then then you see, like, oh, like, the half-hour set where everyone sounded awesome. You're like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. Well, it's like, you could, but you also have to put the countless hours, and yeah. that's the hardest part. That, to me, is the real talent, is, the, is when it's not so fun. And you got to figure out, like, you know, all the band drama that's going on, and and you get through all that. I think it's it's really warranted on you to have a good set. Like, yeah. to come out with a product like like Neil does, you know, even if it is a cover or even that original song that he played. Oh, yeah, all this stuff, man. It's he, like, I mean, he's so talented. It's like he, he actually cut my hair a while back. And he was like, yeah, I got some original stuff, but I don't know if I want to do it. I said, Neil. You have to. There's no way you can't. It's like you have the talent and the voice, and as long as you can be motivated to do something like that, you should definitely. You owe it to yourself to try. Yeah. And look at what he. Look at what he. Yeah, that's a great song. So really good riff. I like that. So, what is motivating you now in 2020? to do what you've been doing because it's like I mean I see I see the trips you go on and like the, just the moves you've been making lately I'm like damn Johnny's really crushing it right now like I just as just being an adult like I'm still trying to figure that out <laughs> myself oh uh, yeah I don't know dude I just turned 30 so no way yeah two weeks ago actually a week ago and uh I'm like man I remember every, like it's like every decade I'm like oh when I'm 20 I'll, I'll be somewhat got it together then 20 comes, you know, like 25, and then 30, and then now I'm like, oh, wait a minute, nobody's really got it down, you know, and we're all just figuring it out at different times. Yeah, you know? yep. But uh, I just, the last couple of years, I realized how fragile life is. People For know, sure. come and go, and oh, and uh, I had a moment of like, what do you want to do, you know, with your life? Like, what do you want to, like, you know, 40 years from now, if things keep going the way they are, and I look back. And I just want to, like, you know, travel in a sense, not to, like, you know, flaunt it or whatever, but to travel to learn and to, like, embrace and to realize there's more than one way of doing things. You know, it's really humbling. And um, I have a love-hate with posting a lot of stuff that I do, but my hope is when I do, like, post stuff on social media is, is like, to, to tell people, like, yo, you could do this easily. 100%. You know, and if I go somewhere and you want to go there, like, hit me up and I'll I'll, I'll like try to get you or if you go somewhere cool I want to do the same and I'm like hey dude 100%. yo Sammy I saw you went here like you know I want to go there like and that way we can yeah. all embrace this beautiful world a little bit better so oh, man that's I'm so glad to hear you say that that's nice to hear but I don't know man social media is a double edged sword cause like it's a trap some people come I've heard <laughs> sometimes it's a trap yeah I mean but some people like they get angry like you know and not really with me it's often but I've seen others who Maybe they they go on trips or they post cool things, you know. Yeah. And they're like they, they get angry at it, and it's like, man, you know, some people do troll with that. <laughs> sure. But like, you know, I feel bad that some people are, are uh, like feeling like they're missing out. Yeah, because they're out. like they're angry with themselves. They're angry with themselves that they can't do what you do. Like if they're they're angry because they're not as as happy as you probably are in that moment. Yeah, right. But that, like, are you really happy in that moment? It's a photo, you know. Yeah. 
there's so many people created to look a certain way. And, right. Exactly. You know, so it's a weird thing. You know, I love it in the sense you can like connect to people you normally wouldn't, mm-hmm. or if you travel somewhere and you know you're a thousand miles away, you can at least see what's going on right. in their life. But there's a lot of junk with that too. You know. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. But like, it's cool to see you guys like oh. They got a new album coming out, and you can just see a couple of things, or oh, they're playing at the show. Pumped. If I didn't have social media, I wouldn't know like any of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's very, it's very helpful in that way. It's funny, like the guy. Uh, I think you had just left, and then the promoter pulled me aside. The guy who owns the club. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him, by the way, in case he never listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, Dimitri, he owns the Starlight uh, Lounge down in Southbridge, Mass, where we played on Friday and he pulled me aside he says we want you to start playing here regularly nice starting in the summer I says yep sounds good now I'm curious you've played there before yeah because I feel like you pulled a really cool crowd Friday it was really diverse and, yeah, and I had a blast and I'm oh, thinking so much fun I just I couldn't help but think I'm like this place probably never gets this <laughs> or am I wrong you know what Johnny I so, thought the same thing and yeah. he showed me his book they're booked out till July. Well, I'm sure they're booked and stuff, but like the, qual- the quality of people The quality there, of the crowds? The yeah. The quality of people there was just like, he I'm mentioned, sure. He mentioned that to me too. He's like, you know, you guys really, and Dustin as well. He said, you guys bring in a crowd of people who want to have a good time and will stay cool. Yeah, no one's like. go over the top. It's exactly. Like, they'll, they're just here to listen to music and, you know, enjoy the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, camaraderie I guess and uh, and just support which is exactly why I love it when everybody comes out to that kind of thing yeah man it, it amps good. up my energy it, it was one of those days I didn't know if I could make it out and I'm, I'm glad I did yeah it, it worked out it's ah, so cool it's fun well that's good that I'm like I said before you know I'm glad that you're motivated to do stuff like that because there are a lot of guys that are your age or my age that aren't motivated at all to just sit there and just let the yeah. world go by. And yeah, I, man. I could never, I could never do that. So when you take trips like that and I see that, me personally, I'm like, man, I really need to, to do that. I need to get out more and do it's, stuff like that. It's terrifying. I mean, my biggest uh, thing that held me back for years was like trying to find someone that would come and, you know, if, if, even if I can get the trip to be really affordable, mm. who has the time to take two, three weeks off, right? It's like sure. almost unheard of. Dude, well, not to cut you off, but I'm about to have that type of stuff now. That's awesome, man. I'm With your schedule, you're saying, like, being yeah. able to free up? Next year will be my fifth year at UPS, and I'll have four weeks paid vacation. Ooh, what's up? Nice. I'm so fortunate to be at that company. That's, that's rare in, for American companies, right? At a part-time job. You're, so you're part-time and you get four full weeks? Dude, that is actually super rare. And it's it's all, it's union, mm-hmm. but, you know, the benefits outweigh the politics. So, dude, so once you get that, mm-hmm. and if you find yourself in a, in a similar situation I was in where I couldn't, I would, hi- like, couldn't find anyone, I would highly encourage you. I know it sounds daunting, but the solo trip, to going somewhere solo, that to me, I don't know if you're like me, but, like, that was like the the biggest nightmare in the world. Going solo. <laughs> Going solo, yeah, really? for like a long time, and I forced myself. I bought a one way to Europe, and I went there for almost two months solo. 
the really? entire time I knew no one, and I came out of that like, I there's no way I could have done that anywhere any any. Had I had someone with me, it would have been totally different. Mm-hmm. So I totally encourage you, go with people if you can. But if you can't, and you have the opportunity, do the solo trips, man. I should go out of the country because then I won't know anyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> for some reason. And I think you know this is that you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody that I know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, it's insane. Like I was in Florida, and you know I know a lot of people in Florida, but I was at a, a part where I hadn't been before, and we stopped at uh, at this place, and then I see this guy, or I see this car, and it was a black Mustang, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. It looks like a friend of mine's car. And who comes out of the place but James's cousin, Joey. Oh, dang. It was one in a million shot. Hysterical. And, uh, I mean, I, I do love stuff like that, but that would uh, that would be interesting to go by myself. Yeah, because you know how they, that's, that dumb cliche, like finding yourself when you travel? I, I mean, that's not really true, but like what it does do is you get to see how you would interact. Because like, when someone's with you, even if you don't want it to, to like think it, but it's true. You you kind of act with them in mind, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you're totally solo, just by yourself, even like what you choose to do for fun is all on you, right? Right. Or so I found like myself like I was holding myself to a really like a strict schedule. Yeah. And halfway through, I'm like, dude, what? There's no one telling me what to do, or why do I feel like I have to be here at this point? Right. I could do whatever. Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh man, I have that in my personality where like I'm all scheduled and I have to have this and this lined up. So I was able to work at it a little bit and just be like, nope, tomorrow I'm not going to do that. Even though I thought I was, I'm going to go this direction or wow. let's just be spontaneous. And that's what I, the last couple of years I've been working at is being more spontaneous. But I would have never kind of found that out about myself had I, you know, not done that, right. that trip. Right. So it's kind of a cool thing you can do. Was it scary? Um, just once, <laughs> just one part once. of the trip. Yeah, I like in Budapest. There's like a day where like all the like neo Nazis come out and no. the girl at my hostel was like, "You should probably run to the bus stop." <laughs> <laughs> she was she was black too, and I was like, "Oh, dude, thanks Bye. for me. <laughs> oh, But um, it was just sc- scary in the sense of like, man, what am I gonna do? Am, am I gonna have fun? Like, but then then you just find out like, hey, man, like. It kind of boosts your self-esteem when you're done with it, and you're like, oh, yeah, because I don't know about you, but sometimes you're like, you know, get down on yourself, like, I don't know if, I, if I can do this, or well, maybe I'm not um, outgoing enough to meet people, and like, you know, right. but I think your personality, you're, yeah, you're all set. I, I, I'm probably too outgoing, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but, but you uh, know, Taken 3 is uh, featuring Sam Clapp. Yeah, I will be playing the role of Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking out dudes with my personality. No, bro, you, you're you're the one getting taken, man. Oh man. You'd be in a club, next I, thing you know. I'd probably end up <laughs> making friends with my kidnappers. It's <laughs> funny. Man. Guys, want to get a drink later? I know this is a situation, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. No, um, I, you hit the nail on the head when you said sometimes it, earlier when we were discussing just being on your own, and you said it was kind of lonely. Oh yeah. It's those types of shots where you get kind of depressed a little bit yeah yeah it's like like for instance you know it's winter here in the new the greater new hampshire massachusetts area the new england area right now 
we're all freezing cold and it's depressing. So it's like, I I booked a plane ticket the other day. I'm not going to say where because I'm going to surprise some people when I get down there. But um, it's just that type of stuff where you need to change your situation in order to benefit from your situation. So I think I think those spontaneous trips, especially the ones that you can go by yourself because you know you have that freedom, it's very beneficial. Yeah, and kudos for you for uh, you know doing it, being yeah. spontaneous. You know, and it's kind of interesting. Like people, they put their priorities in really weird spots where they can't do stuff like that. Yeah. But like we were talking earlier, you have to if you want good like mental health and you live in this area you have to do stuff you have mm-hmm. to get out yeah if you're stuck in that routine eventually it's gonna wear on you, you know? it affects you like i was in florida uh last year in august and i was in tampa and i'm sitting there and for some reason it's like i even at where i was we were all having a good time but i'm like do i want to go home early because it's just this type of like you get into a routine sometimes so badly that you feel that you have to get back to your routine, which is unbelievable. It's like you're <laughs> on vacation. You shouldn't be thinking about Isn't home. that crazy. You're yeah. having a good time. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, that mentality can creep in, kind of like what you were saying earlier. It's, and when it creeps in, it's like, it's like a bed bug. You know, it's there. So. To try to avoid that at all costs, I think, is vital. Yeah, and so many people are wrapped up in it. Like, it's so funny to have friends come from, you know, not in the, from the U.S., wherever they're from, Mexico or even across the sea. They come here, they're like, dude, it's 5 o'clock, and everyone's telling me, like... Time to go to bed. Yeah, have it. <laughs> like, see ya. Like, you know, or you're, you're at the store, it's like 4 o'clock. They're like, yeah. uh, good night. Like, good night, dude. Yeah, six seven sure. hours before I hit the bed, you know, and yeah, and it's because everyone in this, you know, especially up here, like they like leave work, they go to the store, maybe they shoot home, they close the door, that's it. Yep. Watch TV, eat dinner, go to go bed. To bed. Whereas everywhere else, they, they there's like some sort of social activity. They go out, you know, because they're in a, maybe a like bigger city. Mm-hmm. They could they can grab some dinner with family or go to the park or something. Right. And kind of interact with other people. Whereas mm-hmm. we're just shut up, shut in. After five, and that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the only reason that I have that mentality sometimes is because it's like, because I would do all those things, but if, if I have to go into work so early. Oh, that's right. It's ridiculous. I go in at 4.30 in the morning every day. Which so. means you got, what, four? Uh, yeah, le- legit. Wow. Sometimes it's like 4.15, and I'm just like, boom. You got go. it? You got it down to oh, a little? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's a science, bro. And you know who's on the road at 4.30 in the morning? Not a soul. So you're bombing? Oh, please. <laughs> There's no one around. I mean, and it's no one around except for the deer on the streets. Mm. <laughs> that a few times. But, um, yeah, if I had a different circumstance to where I was in that sort of a town or an environment, I would 100% be doing exactly what you were just talking about. Yeah, and I do that to the best extent that I can here, you know. Yeah. Especially if I do a podcast during the week, or. And this is a really cool concept that you're doing here because, even just the idea of like calling someone, midday and be like, "Hey, you want to grab a coffee?" Yeah. It's so weird, right? Like, if like someone did that to me, I would love it. But at the same time, it's just no one does that. 
know. That's so weird. Like, for most people, like, what are you doing, man? Like, it's Wednesday. And it's, like, 3 o'clock. No, I don't want to grab a coffee. Yeah. I got to go home to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like old man syndrome. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's really odd. That's but. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy how little things can creep into your routine, too. But, you know, I, I'm t- I gotta say, back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, doing those spontaneous things, I'm very proud that you're able to do that and very encouraged myself to learn about taking those steps and taking those chances. Even if it seems uncomfortable at the time, it's like, you gotta do stuff like that. You have to, man. And, and a lot of people ask, like, well, how do you afford the trips? And I'll be honest with you, I guarantee you, if you spend a week at the Cape, you've spent three times more than any trip I've ever been on. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's because when people travel, for some reason, they become these kings and, and queens, and they have to have five-star <laughs> hotels. Yeah, right. You know, and they want, like, yeah. food service. I'm like, wait, wait. Why? You live in a two-bedroom apartment. And then when you travel, you want to be living in like a $100,000 a night hotel. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. No. Keep the standard the same. Mm-hmm. Focus on what's important to you. Yeah. I don't know about you, but after I wake up, I don't stay in my hotel. No. I'm out. So I'm what, gone. I don't yeah. care what the hotel offers. And, um, you know, food is cool, but like street food is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and half the time it's quicker and I don't have to pay a tip or whatever. And there's so many ways around it. You can have equally, if not better, a time. Then people were spending ten times as much. You yeah. know, that's like when me and my dad go down to Daytona. Well, the first thing we'll do is go to the grocery store and just grab a ton of food. Yeah, it saves so much money than going out. We cook ourselves, and it's like you know, every once in a while we'll go out, you know, because we're down there and there's some restaurants we like to go to. But for the most part, it's like we cook our own breakfast and lunch, and you know, sometimes we we'll go out to dinner. But it's like. You make that place your home in a sense where you just try to get comfortable in the best way possible, and that's exactly that's exactly what we do. Yeah, but like, what's your purpose down there? Right, it's not to be going out to eat because you can do that here. There's yeah. a million restaurants in this area. Exactly. So there's there's obviously something there you want to do and ex- experience, mm-hmm. and everything else is nice. Yeah, what here and there, like grab a bite out, but like that's not the focus. No. So I, you know, so it's odd for me when I travel. I haven't done a lot of traveling with people, but when I do, I'm like, oh, I forgot. Like, yeah, people's priorities are really different. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, That's for sure. Funny. Like, I'm pretty sure my brother won't ever listen to this podcast, but, uh, so, like, I travel with him and, and his wife. Obviously, when you travel with, with, with your wife, there's different standards than going solo with a, as a single guy. But, right. so I knew there'd be some compromise, but man, even himself, like, we're looking at like these like villas I thought were awesome and they're like three star and he's like no 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 it's gotta be five star really? yeah and then like up the price and I'm like dude man it, like how how long are we staying in this place for like literally when we long? wake up I want to hit the beach I want to go yeah. play with some monkeys or something you know? I was in uh, Vermont it was me and a friend of mine we took a, a weekend uh, trip just we hit J Peak we hit uh, Smugs Notch you know. And we stayed in this motel, in this nobody town. Like, nobody was there. They were all out. And the one restaurant that was there, that's where everybody was. Oh, uh, cool. So, and there's one waitress. Whoa. Running around this huge restaurant. But it's like everybody's there. So, 
but we go to this motel and it was uh, it wasn't the greatest but it was the cheapest and we paid like 98 bucks for it what one night I think split between the two of us mm-hmm. but the place had like a hot tub and, a oh, cool. and stuff like that but you know you find those little in the middle of nowhere places and they're the best if you're only staying there one night yeah man come on so it's crazy, the dude. So the crazy thing is the U.S. doesn't have very cheap options, and if they do, it's like you get like SEDs and you sleep in the bed. Yeah, night. pretty much. But everywhere else, you know, the the word hostel has a really bad taste in people's mouth because I guess like I don't know, there's like those like weird movies on mm-hmm. hostels and stuff. But yeah, I I usually pay ten dollars and under a night for these spots. Good for you. And they're comfortable, and they give me like breakfast half the time, even lunch, or a spot to cook. And everyone there is on the same page, so they're really friendly, and they're like, we all want to find cheap, cheap stuff to do for traveling, and so it's just funny because like, a hundred bucks, I think that was like my two week budget. You know what I mean? Good for you, man. So I think people have the mentality of like, what it costs here, but like, don't be afraid to try stuff when you like leave, man. Right, right. I'm going to Italy in June. Oh, dope, man. Going out of the country for the first time. What uh, what part of Italy? I think we're hitting a few towns. I think we're going to Florence, and uh, what's that town that starts with a T? Tuscany, the Tuscany. Right Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, the countryside yeah. of Florence, right? right. Now. Wow. Yeah. So I lived there for a few months. That's six what? months. What? Yeah. And I loved it. I dude. never knew that. Yeah, dude. Did you speak Italian? Nope. I I refused to learn. Why? <laughs> Come on. Well, serving in a uh, a uh, English hall there. So right. Everyone okay. spoke English, and then good. And then um. I was seeing a girl there too, so I just made her speak Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Order my food. <laughs> you gotta have a blast though. So like, yeah, speaking of culture and stuff, yeah. Italians do it right. Yeah. Oh they yeah. they want to like meet you and like become your friend. For sure. Like your like you. I want to know what makes Sam tick, and I'm like I've never met a culture like that. That's incredible. See, I love that about the Spanish culture myself. I love like like my friend Ross is from Costa Rica, my best friend. Mm. And uh, he's probably one of the happiest people I know. And, like, he, he left there when he was around three or whatever and moved there around that time. But it was like, he's he took it with him. And it's, like, very accepting. And we've been best friends for 15, 20 years. You know? oh, that's cool. And it's, like, I, I, I love when that happens, when you can connect with a culture. Like, I feel that way when I go to New York. But, I mean, it's, New like... New York City? Yeah. I mean... Not the city, but Queens. Like, I have a lot of friends in Queens. And and I, some of them are from Jamaica or whatever, or, or wherever. But it's like a lot of our friends are just very accepting just because of, you know, who they are. Um, and uh, I think that's the best part about what we do is everybody is interested in everybody else. Mm. And that's that'll be nice then if I can go down there and find that out. Yeah, Down or over? <laughs> yeah, over. Whatever. If you can, then let me know where you end up uh, at, and I'll see if we can have some people meet your areas, because, man... I'll have to shoot you a text when I get over there. For sure, because, like, it's cool to see things, but, like, that, what really stays with you is meeting people, and then having the, the cool conversations, and, and learning something, you know? Right. And that's the place to do it. Yeah? Yeah, man. I'm wow. excited for it. How's here. the food? Oh, tremendous. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I went there... Because my fr- my old roommate was telling, was like, dude, there's there's a r- huge need for people who speak English over there. 
where do you want to go? And I was like, not really, man. Like, Italy is... <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, because, like, Italy is, to me, is, like, I, I thought it was so overrated. Like, oh, everyone loves Italy. I want to go somewhere, like, no one's been, you know, no one's been before. And yeah. so I showed up, and I was like, ah. I just, like, kind of weird attitude. But, man, like, a week later, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a reason why people love it. It's legit. Wow. And the food is, like, nothing too different in, in the sense of where it's, like, pasta, right? But yeah. everything's so fresh. Gotcha. Like, the pasta was just made, and there's no, like, anything fake. It's all, like... Like, no preservatives. And you taste it, man. Taste the difference. There's a, I heard Rogan's podcast at one point, and he was saying that he gets his pasta shipped from Italy just Dang. to eat it in America because it's that different. It's that different. It is. And I'm like, man, I, I hope that I can taste the difference. And it's also, it's nice. weird, though, too, though. Like, things that you associate... That we think would be there mm-hmm. is not even Ita- really Italian. Like, uh, like they don't use a lot of garlic. Right. At least where I'm from, uh, the areas I was from up north. Yeah. Uh, maybe in Sicily that it changes, but uh, like garlic bread was not a thing. They hated when you mentioned that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like this one chick from South Africa would always make it, and they're like, "We don't know why you're making that." They're like, "That's not even Italian." Um, wow. What's the white sauce? Alfredo sauce? Yeah. Totally American. You're kidding. Yeah, it's, you'll, you'll, you'll you'll find other things, too, that I don't know that. That's but incredible. This is weird. I'll have to call you when I'm over there. Dude, yeah. Jeez, take some photos, man. I want to live through oh, you a little bit, dude. That sounds sure. awesome. I've never been out of the country. And you're going summer? Yeah. So I've never been to Europe in summer, and I've always wanted that. i got to get my passport. You So you've never had a passport? Never. What? Not one time in my whole life. I've seen Canada, and I haven't gone in. So you're flying to Florence? I think we're flying into Tuscany. Is there anything here? Well, the major... Yeah, or either that or it might be Florence. I don't yeah, know. I don't know, know guy. Yeah, I'm just... Fly- where are you flying out of? Boston? More than likely. Yeah. We still haven't gotten our tickets yet. Oh, oh, oh so you, you don't know quite yet, but you have a, a plan. So it's my father's and uh, stepmother's old thing. Like, they want to take... They want to go over. They oh, cool. want the kids to go. Because we've never really done a whole family unit vacation on my father's side. So, it, oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. It's so. gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting, and I'm super pumped. Wherever you fly into, they'll have they have these trains that go like a couple hundred miles an hour, so you can go hundred miles an hour. Two hundred, I think. Yeah, two twenty. What's the bullet train in Japan? Does that thing go fast too? Yeah, I. Is that like five hundred? I think it's the fastest. I went on one in China that went three hundred km. I don't even know what that is. One hundred eighty miles an hour. And, uh, wow. I, it was a weird experience. Everyone was making noises because they're like freaked out as how fast we're going. Really? Yeah. It was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did everyone just turn special needs? Because like, <laughs> this train got weird. <laughs> no, but the so the cool thing though is like wherever you land, you, you'll you have options, man. You can wow. explore as much as you want. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna be traveling from different towns for sure. Like we're gonna take a bus tour, I believe. And uh, we're gonna go to some type of water. I know that, but it's like I, I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. You, I mean, you know me, dog. I'm I'm on ten. It's like I'm just along for the ride. Whatever happens, happens. Nice man. It it's it's gonna be very very interesting. So it's probably your longest flight. I mean, it'd probably be close to going to Cali, but oh really? If you're, well, that's a little longer. So I yeah, thought that'll be your longest flight ever. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna love that, huh? Stuck on a plane. We'll talk about that in the next <laughs> in the next segment. We're gonna we're gonna do talk about it in the next segment, which will be right now. 
Did I say you could touch my guitar? <laughs> you better ask my permission next time, sir. Can't resist. Oh, yeah. Who could? Talking about Alvarez's and different types of guitars, but... Um, so the plane ride. That's going to be a while. Yeah, man. Well, better to sleep. Yeah? You can, yeah. Good lord. It's boring. I mean, I quit drinking, but I might have to. <laughs> dabble. I'm about to dabble a little bit. So Some Benadryl. Oh, something like that. Man, alive. Dude, my last flight from China, I was praying so hard. Because I saw the group of people that were there in the, uh, the uh, airplane terminal. And there were mm-hmm. very large people. I said, God, I can't do 17 hours because every time I picked my seat they did not pick the seat I chose right so right. I said I want the aisle seat Joe please give me the aisle seat give me the aisle seat nope window with a girl very large hey nothing wrong with her but like no on a plane not where I want to be man and and uh she was like on top of me just cause she couldn't help it you know well, look just... at ya <laughs> <laughs> literally just spilling over my seat and I had to like lean on the wall uh huh and I was like Oh, dude, I, I can't do this. Oh, I've had those trips. A panic bro. attack. So, um... I have had those trips. I was put into sleep, though. Fun. Wh- yeah. What was your, like, what was your experience? Well, I'm sitting there, and, uh, we had to stop in, uh, I think LaGuardia or something like that, but on the way there, there's this one guy, okay? And he is just very like fidgety and he's all and he's I'm in the aisle but he's in the middle and he's always like crashing over the barrier on your armrest it's just like hitting me and I'm like <laughs> finally I look at him like this and I just like move my arm and I move over a little in my seat what's left of the seat to move over to so but it's just so annoying it's like if I could get my own aisle I would and James is the same way yeah like, he knows that he's a big guy, so he'll try to get his own seat, like, his own aisle, and he'll sit all the way in the back if that's what it means. <laughs> so, it's just like, oh, that's aggravating. Well, that's good to know. There, so, there's this rule that no one knows, but, like, if you're in the uh, the seat center, yeah, and there's someone has the aisle to your right and then uh, window seat to the left, you get to have both armrests. That's a rule. That's, that's like, a, a rule people don't know, but it's kind of a rule. Like, you're, you're stuck. So you get to have that option, whereas the guy in the aisle has the option of getting up whenever he wants without having to, you know, screw anyone. Right. And the guy in the uh, window seat gets to have the awesome view, mm-hmm. but the guy in the middle has nothing. You got nothing but oh, two dudes, so it's kind of this rule where you at least get to have the two armrests. But no one, no one... No one knows the rule. No. <laughs> the aisle guy usually hogs it, and, and the window guy, so you're just stuck with your hands in your lap. Wow. You know? Well, so what, what's it, like 14 hours? To Italy? Yeah. You're looking at probably seven to eight. Oh, seven to eight hours? Yeah, it's not that bad. If it's a straight shot. That's a day. Yeah. Day, quote-unquote. Interesting. Okay. Man, I'll have to do something. And you'll probably experience a little jet lag for the first time. That'd be fun. Now, what's the the time change like? Is it the same? I think they're six hours ahead. They're six hours ahead? Wow, that'd be weird. That'd be the first time. Yeah. First time I'm ever... Oh yeah, well you, you don't you don't dabble in the uh, the uh, spirits, but one of the p- kind of cool thing is you can walk around. You will see people walking with like bottles of wine open. Really? Yeah, it's like you can do that. Yeah, and you're not gonna get arrested. No, no, 
Oh, you can do that everywhere but Poland. We tried. <laughs> this, yeah, this dude's been there 10 years. He's from, like, Jersey. And I, yeah. I, I was out there, and I'm like, oh, you're, we have friends. We have um, mutual friends. And he's like, yeah, let's hang out. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, can we have a beer outside? He's like, yeah, I think so. And I like, think the, so. The bar owner came out, almost tackled us. He's like, what are you doing? I don't wow. know. Ah, I'm, I'm not from here. It's this dude. He's but, like, yeah, we can tell. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, where, where you're going, you can... Not that you will, but, or if you want to, but, like, yeah, it's kind of cool. That's interesting. Way more relaxed vibe, you know? Yeah. No one's high strung. You know what? That's probably what I'll appreciate the most is that I'm going to be in relaxed mode. So it's you and your parent, your... My dad. father and my uh, my brother and my sisters and my... Uh, my oh, son, dang. Uh, yeah. So what's six of you? Four, five of you? And their boyfriend. So it'll be me, dad... My stepmother, Bethany, Gary, John, so eight of us. You hear that, ladies? It's an opportunity for one of you. Ladies, fly to Italy. You want a short, fat, white kid with glasses that looks like Chris Farley? I'm your man. That could take you to Italy. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Sounds like everyone's hooked in that trip. You gotta. You gotta I don't have one. time for What's any up, friends man? right now, John. <laughs> Maybe you'll find one out there. <laughs> You know? A new friend? Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> they're crazy, bro. Yeah. Italians, they're just like Spanish girls. Oh, they're passionate. I just want to lose some weight. That's my thing. I want to, I want to lose some weight. And I, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, drink, quitting the drink was was a big part of it. Yeah, yo. So. You know what, though? One thing, I, I don't know if you, I mean, you, you didn't have serious issues. But, like, people who have serious issues that quit, they'll switch to, like, other things are not good, like sugar. Yeah. So I, I was helping a guy for years. He was my uh, next door neighbor in East Hampton. Yep. And he quit alcohol, but he would eat like ice cream every night. Wow. Which I thought was good. I'm like, oh, at least he found a vice that's not like yeah, kill yeah, you. yeah, yeah. It ended up killing him. He oh, gained right. like he gained so much weight that he he was having a hard time breathing, and he smoked oh, yeah. here and there. Yeah. But like that that combination of just him being really overweight, mm-hmm. the smoking got his COPD. Oh, man. He ended up just, like, choking to death, basically. Yeah, it I'm was... Like, I... My uncle, Eddie, he uh, he passed away last year. Uh, he was 62. Mm, that's and young, he, he had diabetes and the whole, you know, just... He didn't take care of himself. And so... More often than not now, my dad will sit me down and just be like, you know, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you watch yourself. Mm. And so that was a big part of me quitting in general was just like, I got to watch out for my health because it's in the family. It's like if it's in your family, Mm -hmm. there's always a shot that you might get what it is. Not 100%, but you know. It's always good to, you know, reality check yourself as well. Because as I was telling, I always tell people this story. Because if you need something to function, in the material world anyway, then you don't need it. Mm. Like, I remember being, this, and this was just, you know, last year when... I had the mentality of, okay, I may have $8 to my name, but 
I could still go to the liquor store and get $4 bottle of vodka, and it had to be a tall one. So I'd go get the bottle of vodka. Dang, man, what you buying? Mr. Boston's or what? Oh, some trick-or-treat trash <laughs> brand. I don't know what it was. So I'd go, you know, I'd get the big bottle for $4, and then the rest of the money would go to eggs, a little bit of cheese, and I'd have some bacon from the week before, and then whatever drink to mix it with. And that would last me till payday. Oh, dang, man. So it was like, when you get into a routine like that, and you're, you know, starting to question it, it's time, it's time for a change. Yeah. And so I was just thinking about, you know, my uncle, I was thinking about my habits, and it's like, now that things are changing for me, I look back at, at that, and I'm like, really? Like, I, I question that type of thing. So I think when we were talking about routines earlier, yeah, when little things like that creep into your routine and cramp your style, it's time to change. And I don't think it's anyone's fault, man, because this country, you know, they downplay what alcohol is, you know, and it's a oh, really yeah. powerful drug. For sure. And everyone just like, oh, you're stressed? Let's, let's have a beer. Oh, this is going on in your life? Let's celebrate. Let's have alcohol. Yeah. Where it, it can creep in, and then one day you're like, wait a minute, I didn't even want to drink or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. it just happens. Or, you know, it's no longer what's adding to the, the uh, you know, the uh, like evening of fun. It's mm-hmm. now the, the focal point. Yeah. It's like, we're going here to drink. And maybe yeah. we'll have a conversation. You know, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just maybe. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but, you know, the... Yeah. It kind of switched over. So, it's good idea to catch that, though. You know? Yeah, I... There had been a few friends of mine that had seriously pulled me aside. And, you know, not that they were, like, 100% worried about me. But just kind of mentioned some things to me in passing. that I, I took seriously. And it's like, that's what I appreciate about you when you do things like take a trip or, or whatever it's like when you make changes that are going to benefit you in the long run it's stuff like that that i watch and, and that i i try to pay attention to in my own life you know when people make little changes like that just to benefit themselves and uh you know i've seen a huge benefit to you know the change and uh, I'm going to continue. Yeah, man. And if you add exercise to that, like, for how much I go to the gym and work out, I should be, like, in really good shape. <laughs> but I, but I like, ruin it because I eat a bunch of junk. But the reason why I, I do that is nothing to do with, like, how I look. It's how I feel, man. You go it's for a run. Yeah. The mental benefit is, like, it's beyond any, well, I don't, not that I did drugs, but I feel like it's, it's like, its own drug in a sense where. Oh, for sure. You get this high, you're like, oh, you're focused, you're. Yeah. Now your day's set, you know, you can do whatever. Because there's certain chemicals in your brain that will release. And, and it's, it's like great. <laughs> a chemical of like, oh my word, I feel good because of this or that. And it's like, that's that's what I look forward to. And that's what I, you know, I I, I haven't had anything for like almost two months now. And, and I feel great. That's awesome, man. I feel awesome. And... It's like I now have discovered something about myself that it's like if I want to have something socially, I can because I know that I could take a month off and do something in moderation again. Yeah. You know? It's good to reset and then... For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it also forces like when people are kind of just numb and they're, they're in this routine, you know, week in and week out. Uh, I think we use alcohol often to like get by certain things like... 
oh, this is party, kind of like, it's like this boring wedding. I, I need booze, you know? Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah. It's crazy. And it's, but it's somehow, like, it's okay, because, like, everyone does it, so... But in reality, it really isn't. It, it should force us to, to do things differently. Like, if you don't like doing this, don't do it, you mm-hmm. know? And it, it'll force you to do, find things that you enjoy, find things that you have pleasure in life, rather yeah. than, like, just sitting in a circle, you know, and, and, and drinking, or I don't yeah. know what people do. Yeah. You yeah, know, go to the bar or whatever, you know? Whatever it may be. And it's like, then they get into that routine of, like, oh, my word, it's the weekend. You know, we're going to go here, and, and that's it. That's it. Just plop, <laughs> just plop there, you know? And, yeah. And, and that's easy, right? Because you worked all week, and, you know, let's be honest, drinking's fun. So it's easy. Like, I just want to sit here and have a good time. It is. It's such a social thing. But if you take that away, now you're forced to, like, do something about it. Yeah, it's a little harder, but maybe you find a passion like music. And how much yeah, better is that? You for know? sure. I mean, that's... It's interesting because it was like I would I would get up on stage and I would have had a few beers already. And now that I'm not, it's oh, like... Oh, that's why you guys are so tight, huh? Well, <laughs> maybe. No, but it was like, it was just the... Like, I, I was fine enough to play. But it's like, this is the perspective of things has changed. It's like... I could fine-tune things here. I could make my guitar sound different here and just get everything in sequence to where I knew exactly what I wanted to do at the exact same time that I wanted to do it without having to, you know, have anything else get in the way of a show. Mm. And not that it was getting in the way to the point where, like, I was stumbling and I couldn't play my guitar... But it's just like, you know, like I said earlier, the chemicals releasing your brain to where you're relaxed and it's a different environment. But now that I'm not, it's such a different atmosphere because I can see every individual sometimes out in the crowd and I can pick them out and like what they're feeling and who's saying what and what sometimes even what they're feeling. I'm just like that individual connected with my song and that person connected with it. It's just a different... It's a different environment when you decide to make those sorts of changes in your life. Mm. Wow, yeah. man. So you've seen a big change just recently with 100%. playing. Wow. And that's not even going up. That's just a few beers even, you're saying, going up. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not saying, obviously. Well, I drank. Like, I didn't have any. It wasn't beers. So oh, yeah, Sometimes, yeah. but most of the time. Well, what I'm saying, though, you're not, you're not going up there sloshed. Yeah, right, exactly. So even that's that little change of, you know, having a slight buzz to just being completely sober. Exactly. You can see a, an improvement. For sure. And sometimes it scared me. Cause it scared me because it's like, you know, you're well aware of this could be a mistake. Like that show the last time, the time before this when we played Starlight, I just did terrible. I did terrible. Because it was like, it was the first, number one, we hadn't played live since August. And number two, we hadn't practiced that much. Number three, it was just a different sort of environment. Like, I had kept things going while Soda kind of took a break because Sully had his kid and everything. So we were kind of taking a break in general. And uh, basically in recording mode at that point. So just to kind of have that change of going from the acoustic artist, which I once was, back to the band, it was kind of a, a different switch. 
Hmm. You know, and, and I wasn't drinking. So it was just a combination of everything that didn't really make the show go well. And then fast forward to now, it's like it, the show went great on Friday. Uh, in my opinion, I, no, it was fantastic. I, I, I feel like no, all of us were like, oh, we weren't really expecting like, oh, guys always play good, but like we yeah. thought it'd be like a low key night, and it was just like a fantastic evening oh, from yeah. start to end. You know, it was I, good. Yeah, I really feel like I played the best of my to my ability, and uh, and that's a good night for me because when you go out there and you try to like over excess or you know you're not caring as much or, or, or whatever the device may be it's not going to be good but when you when you go out with the expectation of this is going to be fun i'm going to be playing with my guys you know you know that you've done the best that you can that's when the nights are good for people that's when people remember the shows mm. even i was talking to james about this too it was like the fact that I drove to the show myself. <coughs> I did the show. It was fantastic. I got in the car and I went home. And I went home sober. It was just a great night. Yeah, I looked at James and he was just like, yeah, and he's not vocal on this. Because <laughs> he's just not that type of uh, emotional guy. But he was like, you guys really did good. That's you cool. really did good. It, it was fantastic. Those types of shows I will never forget. And I'm sure you'll have plenty more, you know, coming out. I'm retiring. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You gotta come play some shows with us sometime. Man, I gotta re revisit the whole music thing, you know, just at home and just haven't touched it. Yeah. The uh, I think this world it's, it sucks the creativity out of you when you're on that grind. Oh, it does. And uh, I've fallen slave sure. to it, so I, I'm looking forward to. You know, when things calm down a little bit, it's getting creative again. Um, yeah. I think, and I have so much gear, and maybe you guys want to dabble, because you've you've been to the spot in Hoyoke, right? Oh, Joe's place. Yeah, I remember you had. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. I felt yeah. so bad that day. You had a hard time getting in, but uh, that was I've got drums, PA's, keyboards, things I don't touch. Yeah. And I love to condense it all, because now, like, even with like a PC, you can like have like a whole, like, uh, what do you call it, like virtual set up you know you need yeah drums yeah. and you don't sure. need a studio anymore it's crazy i know so i kind of want like a little home get, uh studio gig you know and that would be phenomenal and just get back into it that way yeah you have know, you where... have you thought about playing out um not really because i i would want to have put the put the work in first because right. well i know you're busy you know? and stuff like that but it, it... no i that that's always in the back of my head playing yeah. out but it's like, I want to give it justice, because like, sure. you can't go, I mean, I, I left Disquiet at 23, 24. You were in Disquiet? Yeah, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, I mean, we, we were playing, that's when I had this like weird moment, we were playing the Mercury Lounge in New York City, it's like a legit venue. Yeah. Death Cab just played like the week before, and we go wow. up, we go up, and uh, the band before us was like a legit band that broke up, and then because of like like copyrights or whatever they had to yeah. change their name so no one knew who they were but they were like they had like a million followers on social media before that wow. so they were like the tightest band ever they had a, a a budget that was insane but they were just playing new york at one night 
and we were playing. We we're on the same belt, so it made no sense. I'm like, wow. Jonas, why are they here? And when they played, and I saw how tight they were, I was like, for you to do this properly, if you want this to be your like full time gig, you got to be like those guys. And I said, I yeah. I don't know if I could give it the 100 that they were giving it, because like they've been doing it for like 15 years at that point, and still playing these little like smaller gigs and. And I was like, dude, they had the craziest light show. Yeah. It was like the worst band ever that you would want to go before you. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I've oh, seen that. Yeah. I've seen that happen. It's not fun. It was insanity. Wow. It was so good. And then we went up there and I was like playing and, and I was like, man, John, if you if you want to play in front of people to, to the standard you are are cool with, you got to put the work in. Yeah. And I told Joe, I was like, man, I'm not the guy for you. And uh, thankfully he found a guy that was like, 40 times better, so it was like the best switch. Yeah. Uh, Derek. Derek, but, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Yep. Now, is he the original member? Was Jonas the, the guy? Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, every band I feel like has someone that writes and is like the spearhead. Yeah. It's like, you, I would say you for sure. I would love to have him on the podcast. I mean, we've Yeah, Jonas is really interesting. Tons of shows. He's, yeah. But he's yeah, so he's gone through at least six different band members. Wow. So what you see today is like completely. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, he's so talented. But you know what? <clears throat> At least you were able to identify that about yourself. Because so many people can't. And they'll just keep going and keep going and try to like make something that is not in their realm. It's mm. like if you can operate out of one specific thing and do well at it, then that's great. But it's like if you can't, you know, you're... You're kind of just kidding yourself, but at least you're able to like identify that. Yeah, and I think needed to grow in different places. Like, could you play for a band? I think I also learned this, and nothing against Jonas. Like, he, I love him to death. Yeah. Just I think what he writes is not stuff I I would write ever, and I I enjoy listening to it. But playing it, I had a hard time like really getting into it and being like, oh, I love this stuff. You know, it was like this sounds great, and I love what he's done with it, but it's just not for me. Right. So that was part of it too. Like, could you play for a band that you're not writing in? Do you think? I think. I think I could maybe when I was seventeen. Because being in a band was like the biggest deal for me. Right. Just but, the fact that you're playing with people is like. But now that I'm older and I'm writing, it's like if we're not firing on all the same cylinders and we don't love the work. There's no use in doing it. There's no reason. It's like I, and I go back and forth because I I talk to George quite frequently about this because he's 32 now, and he had never had aspirations of like continuing with the band. Like let's go, brother. You know we're we're gonna be playing shows. Blah blah blah. He's always questioned himself. How long am I gonna be doing this for? But now that I see him. And, you know, that's the other thing, is that playing live shows, I think it's like what you said, it's a different kind of drug, where the energy's higher, you know, obviously, but when I see George play, I know that he loves being in that band. Mm. So to find the balance between being in the band and loving what they play is key, is absolutely key. It's like, are you enjoying playing it, and are you enjoying the process of writing? And I think for Soda in particular, 
the writing process is not just me and Sully and Sebastian writing different songs. Now it's becoming our songs. Like Saturday, we all wrote that song together. The harmonies, the bass line, you know. Sully solo, he he wrote that or whatever, but it's like, we did that together. And now that we figured out a way to write together and to play together and make the songs our own, it's so much more fun. Mm, yeah, for everyone. So that's yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like to, to play, like now, say if you were get just like thrown in as a bass player for a band that you didn't have any input on I, the songs, it's tough, right? You I know? just wouldn't do it. So that's kind of what I had. I mean, Jonas and I, he was really cool with me chopping a lot of his songs were like seven minutes long. He had seven minute long. Songs. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. Like I've seen it done, but wow. Yeah, and it's just a different vibe when you're listening to it on the. On the um, CD at home, is playing. It's kind of cool, right? Because it just drones on and on, and it's kind of like this, this idea, white noise. like a white noise thing. And you're like, oh, that's a cool concept, you know? Right. But live, when you're sitting there, you're like, all right, man, I, yeah. the song's got to do something. So we yeah. were, we chopped all the songs, and but even then, I just felt like, oh man, this isn't really for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe someone else can do this better. And I think for me, I have to, I would have to write, you know, and have that outlet. Or, or at least, like you said, have like a, a group effort, you know? Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. It took quite a long time to, to get to where we are right now, but the fact that we are there and that we're writing the music we're writing, there's something about getting out there and playing live. I mean, I, I think I've said this story on the podcast before, but there's something about playing live the songs that you've written for people and connecting with an audience that makes you want to continue. And I think that's what it is for George and Lost in Transit. Because their songs generate uh, a different type of audience. I mean, they're our audience too, no, no doubt. Because like we're like brothers. But at the same time, you can tell the difference of... Uh, uh, or the little snippets in the genre that are different and that power their music. Like me, I came from the punk scene. So I approach a song to like angst and rebellion and and whatever it may be, like skateboarding or, you know, stuff from the 90s. And Sully approaches music like... uh, Prince. Prince. (laughs) Sully approaches a song like Prince. That's good. (laughs) It's so true. But like, you know, he just came from that sort of background. Sebastian. Phenomenal drummer when it, you know, metal, fast pace, you know, he's just that type of guy. But we all appreciate each other's writing. And I think that's what makes our music unique is that we're all adding different flavors. It's like ice cream. The cone is. Who's, so who's a cone in this? Who's the cone? I'd say, I'd say me because I have a little bit of flavor at the end of the ice cream. <laughs> It's like that last bite of, like, first of like a drumstick <laughs> when you're like, oh, there's a little bit of chocolate in there. Just a little. You know, he's got a hard casing, but we, we can get past that. So, and then Sully and Sebastian. Uh, Sully is the uh, the ice cream, which is tastes great, and it's like the core. And then Sebastian is all the little flavors on top. He's the sprinkles, dude? He's a rainbow oh, sprinkles? For sure. All right. 
He's got so much pepper, and, like, he's, he's just going in. He goes so, in. So I want to ask, because, like, Signals Over the Air makes me yeah. think of, like, Thursday. It makes me think of, uh, it's, that's a song from them, right? Or that's exactly where we came from. Oh, okay. So that whole, I, I was, like, man, maybe just getting into high school when, like, maybe even a little younger, when mm-hmm. all those bands were kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, what would you call that scene? Some people say emo, screamo, or... Emo, screamo, yeah. I mean, it's... It, it's... It's sort of punk bordering on metal, you know? It's like, it's that sort of vibe where the angst and rebellion grew into something more powerful. Yeah, it's interesting, because I felt like there's two groups that back then. There was, like, the New Found Glory, right. Blink-182... Simple Plan. Simple Plan, yeah. just Charlotte, p- kind of poppy. Yeah. But then there was, like, the kind of undergroundy like bands that were like angsty and but they kind of got grouped right. together yeah and if you didn't know any better you th- we think they're both the same but yeah and you know what it's funny because those bands are now touring together like really those, oh yeah those bands they always they're these days like if you go to the palladium simple plan will be touring with bayside and bayside is more hardcore right you know it's like they uh or say anything will be touring with Taking Back Sunday, you know, like just those different types of groups. There's more of an appreciation in the underground world and the pop punk world, in my opinion, nowadays than there ever has been. Especially if you're going to shows like in Worcester or the Middle East or, you know, uh, um, the House of Blues or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or the Paradise Rock Club, exactly. And it's. To me, I love it when that happens because it's just the clash of two worlds, but it mixes so well together. It's always interesting to see like the audience too, right? Yeah. Sometimes oh, they're like two extremes. It's crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I I had gone and seen Angels and Airwaves. Uh, oh man, you got photos right with the, some of the bands. The I got photos with Tom DeLonge. With Tom, yeah, I remember that. That that was a, that that's was a, dope. That was a big moment for me, you know, because it's just like. It, that's where you came from, in my in for me, you know, it's like that's where. Were you like were you nervous at all or? Oh, shaking. Yeah. Oh yeah, shaking in my boots. But it's like I was, and I went with the idea of okay, you know, I might find somebody that knows Tom because I had a gift bag with me. I don't know if you saw the picture. He's holding the bag in his hand, and the bag had a T-shirt, a CD, and a sticker and a note said we'd love to open for you this is my phone number blah 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 he didn't call <laughs> a shot, right? yeah uh but it's like i went there thinking maybe i'll meet somebody that knows him i got there like seven hours before the show whoa where they play paradise, the paradise. i love that venue and uh, by the awesome. way sh- shout out to ticket preserve who's uh, my my brother-in-law he owns this company called Ticket Preserve. He got me a ticket. Fantastic. Um, so I get there early. I'm the first one in line, Johnny. I'm thinking, eh, I'll go and get some water. You know the pizza place next to the Paradise? Mm-hmm. I went in there and I got some water and just kind of sat in line for a little bit. I go in. I come back out. As soon as I get back in line, who walks out the door? But Tom DeLong from like nowhere and in my mind it, it like exploded 
I was just in shock. And of course, he sees me. I'm wearing my Blink shirt, and he walks right up to me. He did? Oh yeah. Hey, how you doing? What? And I was like, oh man, I, I I don't even know what to say, but thank you for everything. And I gave him I gave him a hug because I'm you know a 15 year old girl. <laughs> but uh, I just said thank you for everything that you've done. You know all the music you write. It just and then, then I gave him a bag. I said we'd love to open for you. Congratulations on the new album, whatever. And so I learned something about those types of moments. So he walks off, whatever. He goes back inside the venue, and at uh, at that point, I'm on the phone with my sister, like <laughs> crying and saying thank you for getting me the ticket, blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, I gotta get off the phone, I gotta get off the phone, because he's coming out again. Walks out the door, and goes, Sam, how are you? Oh, what? <laughs> he remembered my name. And, cool. And you know, I asked him if he wanted to go get a drink because I was still drinking at the time, and he was like. I don't drink that much anymore, but thank you. And he walked off. But it was like, the fact that he remembered my name, to me, that shows a generation of like, these guys are the ones that cared about their fans. And that's the connection that I try to make with everybody else. It's like, if I can get off stage and somebody comes up to me and tells me that they love my music, it's like, that's the relationship I want to have. That's super cool, man. It was insane. It's funny because I don't get starstruck too much, you know. Like, no. I'm always like, oh, dude, they're just human beings and stuff. But I saw one of my favorite bands is uh, Periphery, is a really heavy, yeah, heavy rock yeah, band. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I watch a lot of their videos, so it's like you always see them on YouTube and stuff. And I was in uh, Worcester at a, at a place eating, and they were playing that night, and they walked in, and I was like so nervous, dude. But yes. I ran over, and I'm like, I'm gonna ask for a photo. I just want to like say what's up super nice people you know mm -hmm. and um did the same thing i was like can i offer you guys like something to drink or something to eat and they're like oh we don't really drink before shows oh, i was like, before the show yeah yeah really I was, I was like yeah it makes sense but for like four weeks after that dude i was like kicking myself in the butt i'm like why didn't i say this why same say this? same <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then one day i'm like bro get a hold of yourself they're just playing a show relax you know yeah. like yeah but uh it's funny when you have that one or two bands that you would like love and you see them in person like I don't know what it is, right? You get, like, super, super it's a, excited. It's emotional. It's very emotional. Like, because it... I connect so much with music because that's all I've ever known. It's the only thing I was ever good at. And it's, like, the fact that I can meet somebody who understands the way I'm feeling and is just, like, accepts me for that sort of thing, it, it, was, it, was, a big, it was a big moment for me. That's dope, man. Because he was so kind. He wasn't like, I can't talk to you. And you know what the funniest thing was, Johnny? Is that more people at that venue paid for meet and greet than in general admission. And you got like the full... For free. Yeah, isn't that dope? <laughs> well, it's the same thing with that pre like the show I told you. Like it was $110 to do it. I'm like, why? No. It's, like, it's all about taking a shot. The, the fact is, you you had no idea if that would happen. No clue. No uh, clue. So, and like, that was my, that was, like, the least of my thoughts. I was like, I'm not going to meet him. No, not in a million years, but maybe I'll find someone who knows him. Was he by himself with a band or? By himself. Damn. So I got that, and 
it's like, and everyone's walking by us. Like, nobody's stopping to say hello to this guy. It's like, this is, this is absolutely insane that him and I are just shooting the breeze, having a conversation. You no know? one else knew who, like, they, just, they just walked by. Really? It was, it was insane. Because, you know, he is a little bit older now, obviously. And, right. You know, he looks different. But it was just like, it was that type of a moment that reassured me he's still doing this because he loves it. He's still doing it to make a connection with audience members. It's like, and that's why I want to do it too. I don't know, man. I walk away with like, dude, sometimes you have a hunch and you go for it. Because like, yeah. there's no that's guarantee. Seven hours before. That's crazy. And you know works. what was funny about that show, Johnny, is that everyone knew it. Everyone knew I was the first in line. And so when we got into the show, people moved aside so that I could go up front. Dang. <laughs> Which was, I can't thank anybody enough for doing stuff like that. That's cool. My This is kind of a funny story. Uh, I saw a show in Hartford. What's that big big center there? Xfinity Center. Xfinity Center, yeah. yeah. It was uh, some type of pickups and Casey Elephant. Really? It was a cool show. I, yeah. It was like midweek, so me and my cousin go, and I realized everyone's like 14, and we're way back, and I'm like, I'm going to plow through. So I was nice. a jerk. I was that one jerk. And, uh, Excuse me, get out of the way. Yeah, I went all the <laughs> way front, and then halfway through, these kids saw what was happening, and they chain up. They're like, you will not break this chain. And they're like, held hands, and I plowed through that. So I get all the way to the front, and I look back, and my second cousin's way in the back. He didn't, he didn't follow me. I said, bro, when I go, follow me, right? And he goes, I said, Devin, what are you doing? I'm like, how are you, you going to get up? He was like, I got this. He goes, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, dude. Savage. Like, the entire crowd splits because no one wants to be homophobic, right? Like, no. Dude, like, the seas part, and he just walks calmly. And I okay. said, you son of a gun, bro. I can't yeah. even hate you for that. <laughs> no, I, you, got you gotta do what it. you gotta do. <laughs> I was at, uh, I was at Warp Tour, the last Warp Tour that they ever did. Uh, you know, apart from the 20th, 25th anniversary things, which they only did a few dates. But when Warp Tour is Warp Tour when they In Northampton? Mass or? At the Xfinity Center. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they had Warp Tour there, and I'm down in the pit. And everybody is like, sweating and dying because it's summertime and it's hot but it's it's funny how like accommodating people are when they're at a concert like the, if somebody falls you pick them up you know mm. so we're all dying and you just see everyone giving each other water it, it was so crazy to see it was like I was in a different country or something like that but it's just such a different world when you're at a concert and you're in front of live music. Like, everything just changes. But, yeah, things have like like that have happened. It was funny. Alicia was at that same show, and she couldn't find me. And so she found me because she saw me crowd surfing. And I had done it a thousand <laughs> times before. Like, so. I know that, dude. Right. And so she... I've seen that guy's butt before. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> so she had never done that before. But it's like, concerts are motivations for you, too, to like go out of your comfort zone. Especially when you're, you know, uh, at like the Palladium or something like that. It's just, and then that was the first time she ever crowd surfed was at Warped Tour. Oh, the dude. The last Warped Tour. I don't know how I feel about, dude, crowd surfing's fun. As a chick, I don't know. 
Oh, man. You think it's good? Like, some crowds are kind of grinding. Oh, God, yeah. You, you, somebody's know. checking your oil. There's a problem. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, one show, I remember uh, this kid's like, yo, can you, like, you know, do a little toss to get me up on top? I'm like, yeah, I got you. So I look down. There's so many people. And I go to grab this guy's leg, and it was the wrong guy. And I didn't know. And I'm like, dude, jump. Like, hop up. Hop up. What's going on? I look up, and this dude's looking at me in the corner of his eye, like, scared out of his mind. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Meanwhile, the kid, kid's gone already. He's cross-surfing. <laughs> and I'm just holding this guy's ankle. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, dude. Sorry, I lost you in the crowd. <laughs> I thought you wanted to go up. He's like, no, I just wanted to see the show. I'm like, ah, oh, dude. Insane. So many funny things at concerts. Yeah. When did you start going to shows? How old were you? Uh, 14. Wow. Taproot, 30 Seconds to Mars was just starting, that band. Wow. And then they, they got really pop, like a pop rock band. But back then they were like a screamo yeah. thing. And then um, Chevelle. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this is fun. That's crazy. But I'm kind of, as I get older, I get picky now. I you do know? too. I do too. I don't want to stay with a bunch of stinky people that smell like B.O. and... No, it's funny you say that. And, like, I'll leave shows early just for that reason. Like, if it's the last song, and yeah. everyone's already, like, pushing each other around, and, like, it's like, okay, I'm going to stand over here until the show's over and just walk out. What's the uh, venue in uh, Worcester? Palladium. Palladium. So yeah. I went to one show that was sold out. Yeah. Way overbooked. And that's really? the first time I was like, wait a minute, I could die here. Because, like, everyone was pushing on me. My, I couldn't breathe. And then I looked around me, and there was not one. Like usually, there's like some gaps. Mm-hmm. All the way back to the bar, there was not one gap. Wow! And everyone's face was just getting pushed. And I said, "No, this is how that spot. I forget where it was. Where there was a fire. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and no one could move, and they all died. I'm like, I'm out. It's a scary thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm getting older or what, but like that freaked me out, and yeah. I just ran out of there. It's funny. It's like I feel this exact same way, dude. Especially if I go to the Palladium and it's a show that I really like, I'll go up front and I'll be in the pit or whatever, but at the same time, you always have that thought in the back of your head, like, watch yourself. Because yeah, it man. can get sketchy. And that, that's that's a choice that you have to make, especially when you know about situations like that, you got to get out of there. Yeah. It happened to, I mean, and the people are crazy, like you mentioned earlier. Like, there was this one girl, I mean, me and Dusty were at Bayside with a bunch of other people or whatever, and there was this one little short girl, nuts. Like, she had thought Dusty was, like, trying to get in her way and move her aside so he could get closer or whatever, and she, like, poured her beer all over him and chucked the can at his head. Oh, dude. And my boy was so calm, cool, and collected, and I was so proud of him. He didn't say one word. He just stood there. <laughs> he just stood there. Man, I'll have to think I'm pretty cool and calm, but I don't know if I'd do that. I would, I, I would hold up. That's disgusting. Beer is disgusting to yeah. like all over you. Yep. You stink. Yep. You gotta drive back like that. Yeah. Oh my god. He, he, I, I was very proud, very proud of him. He was. Uh, <laughs> he was it was insane. Oh, dang man. Shows are crazy, bro. Yeah, I'm like. I found, like, a couple years ago, I'm like, the front is nice to be close to the band, but the real spot is by the sound guy. Yeah. He's got the best seat in the house because he has to, to make sure the sound's good. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not really digging the band, like, wanting to be up close and personal, I'd usually just chill by the sound guy. I can avoid all the madness. Right. Definitely no girls spilling beers on me, man. That's... It's, it's just... That's crazy. The crowds are just getting 
more and more hostile. I think. I mean, nowadays, it's like I don't, I don't want to get in the pit for a lot of reasons. It's like, number one, if I get hurt, I can't go to work. And there's a good <laughs> chance that you could get hurt. Mm. But, you know, that also depends on who you're going to see. It's like, if you know the crowd's going to be nuts, then you know well enough to stay in the back. But what's your favorite place to go for food after a show? Ah, oh, dude, usually pizza. Yeah? Like a great, like a greasy... Yeah. In, like, Northampton, when, uh... Northampton used to be so much better about shows, but, you know, that Pearl Street, Calvin Theater... Right. Uh, Iron Horse. Like, growing up, I'd have to go far, just go to one of those venues, and then there's a place called Sam's, kind of funny. Really? Uh, and they've had, like, they stayed up to 2, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Big old greasy slice, dude. It's like... It's amazing. Me and George, uh, we, George is, <laughs> he's still single and everything like that, so he stays up, whatever. He's always down to do whatever, which is cool. So we would go to a show at, like, say, the Palladium or something like that, and we'd get out, and we'd be walking downtown Worcester, and 7-Eleven was, like, the only place that was open. <laughs> and I grew up, like, from 7-Eleven up the street in Keene. I said, George, you ever had the pizza from 7-Eleven? He goes, no. And I was like, all right, let's go. So we go and get a huge family size, or like large pizza for like five bucks. Is it good? It is if you know what 7-Eleven to go to. Oh, okay. This one was nothing to sneeze at. It wasn't good. <laughs> but, you know, for what it is, it's like the food after a concert when you're starving. It's like whatever, right? Like whatever. whatever. Whole, yeah. yeah, you'd be willing to go to Denny's even if there was two rats <laughs> sitting in a booth getting a pizza or something like that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> at that point, you're starving. You don't care who's there. No, I've been out in, uh, I'm out in Boston like twice a week now, and uh, yeah, I see the sign. It's like two for two mm-hmm. for 7-Eleven. I see people going all the time, which blows my mind because like, there's so many spots in Boston to eat, and people oh, still so buying nice. pizza from 7-Eleven. I'm like, I'm kind of curious, man. Like, what's up with that? But it's something else. I, I, me and James are having this discussion too. Is that sometimes, the food that is at the place you wouldn't normally go to is the food that's the best. Like a slice from, uh, uh, what is it, Cumberland Farms? Every mm. once in a blue moon is like the best, and it's cheap. So I was like, hey, that's where you went. Yeah, it's funny. You said that. I had one the other day from there, and I was baffled. I was like, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's right there. It's so convenient. Maybe it's the convenient mix with the, you know, it's there type of thing. But who knows? It's funny. I love little holes in the wall like that. Yeah, it's funny. Like, post-concerts, they just suck the, like, you're, like, hungry, you're tired, you're sweaty. Right. And, like, anything will do. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you have a long time to travel. It's like you got to find something before you head out. Right. I mean... Unless you're on the Pike, on the on Mass Pike, and you get like McDonald's, nasty chicken nuggets or something that's been oh. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, the Mass Pike. Especially after you paid like $12,000 for tolls. Yeah. <laughs> and everything there is like super expensive. But this that was, uh, was pre-no tolls, because that was no tolls in Mass, right? They just take a picture of you? I think it's like they take a picture of your plate or something like that. Yeah, and they'll send you a bill, or if you have the pat, you have to you like have enforce the easy you. Pass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you travel a lot outside of like you know going to different countries? Um, like locally. Yeah, like for your real estate or like. Yeah, well, I've been going to Boston now, helping out with the the metro work there. But oh, cool. 
Yeah. So I'm there four times a month. And Boston's really cool. I love Boston. I, I didn't like it before, but I, now I know why. So I didn't know it. Yeah. And most things, right? If you don't know something, you usually don't like it. But. It's funny. It's like I... My family's from Boston, my mother's side of the family, so it's like, you know, not growing up there, but still going there, I feel like is home. It's so fun to me, because I don't know if I just connect with the people there or what, but every time I go there, I'm like, I can't believe I'm here, I'm so happy. I just wish it wasn't so stinking cold, man. I know. Boston right now is so cold. Oh, I know it. It's like... Especially when you have to stand outside for like a show or something like that, and wait for something. It's brutal. Would you, would you move to a warmer climate? Yeah, that's the plan, man. I mean, I'm, you said earlier, like, what's the goal? Like, what's my focus for 2020? And it's been for the last 10 years to, like, have passive income where I can get the heck out of here during the winter. Right. Six to eight months. And then oh, I was going to say, like, where you're going to try and get a place mm, or get, like, a condo or something like that or rent it out when you're not there? Or what, what do you think? So, yeah, I have rental properties now that, ge- that generate income. And oh, okay. I'm almost done with uh, the one I'm in now, and then eventually they'll all be rented. And then uh, one of the, the spots that I'm currently in has a huge attic that I'm ma- making into like a 700 square foot one bedroom. Wow. And that will always kind of be open, so when I do come back, I have a spot to crash. Good for you. But um, yeah, that way I can focus on what's important, you know. And uh, I, I won't ever be rich, but like, yeah, the you know, like basics are covered, and I can. Travel you have something and, steady. Yeah, travel and, and meet people and, and yeah. help where I can, you know? That's that's always yeah, that's always a goal of mine too. It's like I, I was thinking about that as well. Like having a place to go, you know, anywhere you can go. That's why I I love going to Florida or Boston or like I always know somebody around the country usually where I could call them up and be like, Can I come crash? and be like, Yeah. Your pops is from Florida? Is that where you crashed with? Or no, uh, my my dad is from uh, here. Oh, but currently? Yeah, but no, currently he's he's still here too. Oh, really? Yeah, he lives right in Key. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, uh, but my, my grandmother bought that house down in Daytona in 2003, I believe. So her and my grandfather would go down there for vacations, and then it became like the Biketoberfest and the bike weeks, because me and my dad's side of the family... Eddie included. We all rode Harleys and stuff like that. Oh, uh, cool. So that was the kind of um, that was the atmosphere down there. You know, what's funny is when I when I was riding, I knew no one that also rode mm-hmm. motorcycles. Yeah. And then I kind of let it slide because I, I never got. I just had my permit the entire time. Yeah. I did it for four years, and then I just kind of stopped. Yeah. And then I find like twenty other people that ride. I'm yeah. like, where were you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know it. I, I think this year I'm gonna go and just get it over with. Yeah, I just got my license a couple of years ago. That's yeah, dope. Because, I mean, it was a, Eddie's passing was a big influence for that. Because he always wanted me to ride, and, and, you know, and my father did too. But it was very, it was scary for me. Because dad had gotten into an accident. You know, he got hit by a car when he was on. This is what? What's down the problem, in, down bro? In Florida. The thing is, like, the whole texting game, you know? And it's huge. It changes the whole everything with. I mean, I've been guilty of it too, where you look down at your phone for a sec and then. Oh, someone's walking the street and kind of going at him, you know? That's it. Yeah. So, that's Things why I'm not, like, itching to get back into it, because it's, like, it's dangerous, you know? I got into an accident myself. On on the bike? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had my scooter or whatever, but it was, it was just scary. It's like, I'm, 
I'm in uh, Keene. I'm in West Keene with a friend of mine. We're riding. And you can hit a patch of dirt at like 28 miles an hour and still get into an accident. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going around this roundabout. It's so funny. I'm going around and I hit this patch of dirt and I know I'm going to slide. But I hit the brakes and I flip the entire bike, including myself, and I end up smashing my knee off the pavement and I scrape my foot. But at that point, it's all adrenaline. And you're so worried about the bike, you're not looking at yourself. So I went into the roundabout, and I go to pick up my bike, and all these cars are stopped, and there's this one guy. He goes, are you all right? Do you want me to call the police? And I was so mad at myself that I looked at him, and I'm like, why would you call the police? I crashed my own bike. What do you need to call the cops for? And it was right in front of the hospital. Nice. <laughs> but it was just like, I was so angry at myself, but it's... It's can happen in the blink of an eye. That's that's freaky, dude. So it's like I, I was a little wary to get back on it myself. One of those scooters would like you sit on and like there's no like you're not straddled or anything. No, no, you can put your feet like right yeah, in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those little tail tail scooters. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. They are fun, and they're cheap. Are they? I, I bought I bought mine brand new back in 2018 for 700 bucks. Man, if I lived in a city, I would totally have one. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Dude, you can't go wrong. I put two fifty in that thing. The tank was full for the week. $2.50? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I like I had one here. I would ride it from this house all the way to Keene. That's fun. And go to my go to my job. And it's like if people wanted to pass me, I would just pull over and let them go. And that was it. But I, I top out at probably like 40 miles an hour. Yeah, I think most of them do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like even if I didn't have my motorcycle license at that point, I that's what I did. I rode that scooter. My dad used to call me Scooter Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he still does. Yeah, man, we'll have to go for a ride. I'll get on the bike again, yeah. You definitely should. Do you have a bike? Yeah. You have a Harley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's downstairs. I'll show it to you. Right on. Um, have you ever ridden anywhere besides here? So when I lived in Italy, uh, this chick gave me her scooter. Oh. And that was interesting because there was two dudes, so sometimes we had a, you know, ride tandem, and uh, I've, I, I knew at some point in my life I'd, I'd be in that circumstance where I'd be on a scooter or something. Yeah. So that's why I, I um, got my bike permit for two years, and I kind of taught myself, you know, how to ride. So then when I got over there, I was pretty confident to go into traffic, mm-hmm. because when he hopped on, one day he was like, do you mind if I hop on? And I was like, sure, have you ridden before? He's like... Yeah, 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 sure, sure. <laughs> we literally, like, my ear, bro, grazed a truck that, because he swerved, because he, he didn't realize, like, when you have weight in the back, it's different, you know? Whoa. And he got into traffic too quick. I, I was screaming. I'm like, oh, we're dead. And a truck we're grazed dead. Truck grazed my ear. That's how close. And I kicked him <sighs> off the scooter, and I was like, Get dude. Get off. Oh, yeah. my word. That it's a whole different scary. level. But they're fun, though, when you're just cruising. Yeah. Good times. I kind of want one now. <laughs> Where would you go? You just ride down the street? I, that's the thing, though. There's nowhere. You can't go to Keene in that mess. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. All right, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Having you over. It's good times. I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for coming and doing this with me. It's been a pleasure. I'm very happy that you're able to do this. Rock on. I look forward to uh, some more soda shows. Yeah, man. Uh, 
for anyone who is interested in some summer gigs, we're going to be playing at the Starlight again, uh, July 14th, I believe. It's either the 11th or 14th. I'll, I'll let you know if the date gets closer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, follow this podcast at what, uh, at why are you laughing on Instagram and, uh, follow soda at I love soda. And, uh, Giant, do you have anything you want to plug with your real estate page or something like that? Do you have one on Instagram or? I don't. I oh, you don't. don't? Okay. But if you want to follow me, I'll follow you too. What's up? Yeah, bro. Shit. Right on. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for having us. This has been a Why Are You Laughing podcast. And tune in for next episode with uh, my friend Andrew Castor. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.